0: To continue with George St-Pierre. I was only fooling myself. I still was on top of fear, even if I might have thought I was. Being in the now at this moment, having just heard that surgeons would be cutting into my knee, became a bad idea. This was not a good thing for me, fighting my fear in the now. I took some hard shots and the fear took me down. I thought I'd be able to reset my mind after a while. Get my feet back underneath me. But I was wrong and I panicked. The now is usually when the fear tricks you. When you think you're okay again, it gets you to think there's an easy solution. a simple. That's what happened to me. I decided I need to fix my torn ACL right now. I went from fear of never fighting again to wanting to fight next week. The fear got me thinking that I needed to fix the problem in the next 24 hours right away as soon as possible. Now! Fucking right! Fucking now! I rushed home, sat on the computer and started looking up surgeons. I googled it. Surgeons, anterior, crucial ligament, ACL, best in the world. I made a list of names, people I'd never heard of. I called around to my team and told them the news, but I didn't want them to worry. I had a plan. I wanted to do things quickly. I smoked with Firas and asked him to help me with my search of surgeons that I could go in tomorrow and get my knee opened and fixed because the fear convinced me I was ready. I could do this. And the earlier better. The fear took control because that's what it's supposed to do. I should have known that. I should have remembered. Instead I freaked out. Fear hates logic. And it puts blinders next to your eyes and thoughts. And forces you to focus on one single thing. As long as that one thing isn't the fear itself. This is not good. Don't get me wrong, fear can be a good thing and there is no way you can eliminate it from your brain or your life. In fact, eliminating fear from your life is a lie or it's a mental illness. That's it, nothing more. Anyone who says they don't feel fear is a liar. Guys who say they don't feel full of fear are full of shite and they are plain or they're just plain crazy major denial issues. I think even plain crazy psychopaths have fear. I remember hearing about soldiers going into battle and showing no fear and the guy said it was really simple There is two kinds of men, those who want to go out and fight, the crazy ones, and the ones who are afraid to go but they go anyway. They're the courageous ones. I realize at this moment that it takes fear to make a person courageous. I like that because courage says something about you, the result that after a while you practice at being courageous You understand how to move forward against fear. How to react in certain situations, you just get better. It doesn't mean you stop feeling fear. That would be careless. But it means you have earned the right to feel confidence in the battle against fear. Now my mentor says. It's training
1: that you see George." and see how dangerous he really is, like an assassin. In fact, he's too nice to his training partners. You can see it in the faces, hear them after sparring. I did this to George, or I passed his guard, and that was easy. They don't realize that George is doing that on purpose, to put himself in harder situations, but that too is part of concealment, letting people imagine your weakness. And question your strengths. But these people who train with Jaws never really get a chance of being in a real fight with him. They shouldn't fucking want to. Many people call him the French
0: Hurricane. His ability to pop up at any time to overtake center stage and to submit men with his ass aspiring force is legendary. Krishkov Medox after all. Once knocked out an opponent in 9 seconds. I think it's an MMA record until... Yes, it does pass the McGregor Ronaldo record. At game in the first professional fight he stepped in the ring. Referee started the bout. Christoph moved forward with a single flying knee. Knocked his opponent out gold. Everyone in the room felt a surge of power. Like seeing a comic book hero absorb his opponent and all he has ever owned. One shallow and a person disappears. Other people criss Midox, phoenix the phoenix, the mythical bird that burns into ashes and darts across the sky. Maybe to some people really is a fairy ball of power that blazes down above. Maybe it's the ashes that gives rise to the self. Or maybe like a classic story of the phoenix he signals immortality. What you choose to call him, let me tell you this. Chris Croft medox is the single most important figure in me becoming a mixed martial artist. And the only reason why I understood so many years ago that I could become a true one of the best. Champions ever. When I was barely 16 years old, I had no idea what I was going to do with my future. I was becoming a loner at high school. All I wanted to do was go to Kanaki and Mohawk Reserve near Montreal to watch local MMA events when my mother let me. There were times when I was not allowed to go. Not because of the violence necessary, but because some adult magazine sponsored the event. The sport was fresh and new and I felt a special connection to what I could see was happening inside the octagon. The king inside the octagon during those years was Chris Croft Medox. Medox was larger than life for me at 6 foot 2, 240 pounds. He was pure, unstoppable power. He is European and despite his French citizenship, he's chosen to fight out of Saint Joseph de Sarrao Quebec. He had the same Kioshin karate background as I had. On top of this he owned and ran an MMA gym in downtown Montreal. Mender
1: Canada accepted me when I was young, and I have been very good me. I felt really good here. This is where my life in sport took off. So I thought I should be good to this country. France has never accepted my fucking sport. Not yet anyway. So I've represented France. I've carried its colors. I don't think I ever will. Even at the world competitors. It's the Canadian anthem that I play. My sponsors come from
0: Russia. After seeing him fight, I decided I would track him down and find a way to become his pupil master.
1: Some people at reserve had said this kid was talking about me and wanted to meet with me. I didn't pay much attention to the little rascal, but eventually I have to. I was wandering down the sidewalk one day, running errands, and I saw this car stop half in the middle of the road. It got my attention. Suddenly I saw this kid with short blonde hair come out of it and run towards me. He's little chase me down the sidewalk. I was driving up St Lawrence Boulevard
0: in heart of downtown Montreal when I saw Christophe walking down the sidewalk. Immediately I became very excited, knowing this was the opportunity to speak with him alone. I half pulled over in my car, slumped on the brakes, leaving the vehicle blocking a lane in St. Laurent. I ran out of the driver's side, sprinted over to Christophe. He stopped and looked at me down curiously. He smiled and said, Bonjour. I responded by telling him I'd been looking for him because I badly wanted him to be my
1: teacher. He had these piercing blue eyes and his short blonde hair. He looked everything like a 16-year-old boy. Kristoff, Kristoff, he shouted. You're you're the champion of the Indian Reserve, he said. I do karate just like you. I want to become stronger just like you in this sport. What do I need to do? Why me, Kristoff
0: asked. Because... I've seen you fight and we both come from the same background. I believe you can teach me many things. I responded. The master. Looking into
1: his face and seeing the way he was determined and the way he addressed me. I just had a feeling in my gut. A good feeling I couldn't resist for some reason. So I invited him to come tomorrow to my gym downtown Montreal and train with my fighters and me. I said i would take a look at him and see how the kid went. There is a problem though. I
0: don't have any money. That's okay, he replied.
1: Neither do I. Master. When he came back after our first meeting, I saw immediately that there was something to do with this kid. That's why I couldn't leave him behind. I told him if he'd stay disciplined and came regularly to train, I'd help him out. I saw the very first day that he loved training. He lived and fed off it. And nothing would tire him. Nothing. That's also why I wanted to help him. I did everything I could to exhaust him. i make him fall from fatigue to break his will and his resolve. But he just kept coming back to me. He kept coming for more. Day in. Day out. It was like a battle between us in many ways to see who could la- outlast the other. Every time he came to train, he'd go in two solid hours, take a little 10 minute break, then start going again. I saw more and more potential. My life literally
0: changed when I
1: met Chris Croft. I
0: started the first moment on the first day that I stepped into Chris Croft's gym. He looked at me, stared straight into my eyes, and pointed at me and said, I'm going to make a champion out of you. It reminded me of watching an old documentary about Mike Tyson and Customato. He was my customato. And it really scared me like it scared Tyson back in the day. Not only was Middox a legend where I came from, but he looked every bit as part of a professional MMA fighter, bruised, tattooed, cut from a rock. And he had intense deposition to match. In my head I thought it would be possible to become a champion. But I never expressed it to anybody. I thought maybe it was just another daydream. A mental trick. Another fantasy that existed inside my head alone. But
1: Chris Clash believed in me. He had a crazy laugh. No money. A few shitty part-time jobs, including one as Garbage Man. Full of crap, car. Shit boy, as you used to call him, as he's done a of shit. Filled with more crap, but he never complained. After a tough workout, we got a quarter of the milk. Two small pieces of crap chicken and a cheap salad. And despite this cheap, shitty food, he looked up at me and said he felt strong. That he was ready to go. He was always ready to go. He had really changed much when... It comes
0: to this. The only solace I found during this time was from training and fighting in the gym, and Crisscross encourages me to stick to that. Crisscross in the meantime did what he was good at, getting me mentally ready for the challenges that lay ahead. A lot of people expressed doubts about Crisscross and alluded to his crush reputation but I just did not listen to them. He's different from anyone I'd ever met and his interests were my interests so I went with what I knew and felt was right. We started training together.
1: He did something very interesting as the master says. I made George realize his own power by giving him choices. We made to be in my gym for example I'd invite fighters who are already professional and on television. He made me fight against
0: all the regional guys competing regularly on the circuit. Guys I would see on television destroying and dismantling everybody. He made me face them. We get to the gym for training. I would not know the
1: plan for the day. He just tossed me in the ring. Then I asked George between these two guys which one you think is the strongest? In those days you had local legends like Dave, David Louisiana, and Jason St. Louis. St. Louis especially was seen as an assassin in those days, but I knew how those guys were fighting. St. Louis and Luciana, I knew their thinking. When you're professional, you kept the feeling you're just touching someone or being close to them. You sense an aura of strength of power or danger or you don't. Some guys will be standing 10 meters from you. But even at a distance you can see them. You can see, feel a certain power. I wanted to teach this to George. To let him feel how strong he is. So I had to show him strength. By using other fighters strength. And by putting obstacles in his way. I used these reputed assassins. Like victims really. But they had no idea what I was doing. In fact I had to draw them out. To our gym and trick them into training with us. I'd say, Hey, come here for free, Senator. Free training sessions. They walked in and see George's nice blue eyes and his pretty little blonde hair. Fresh meat, they fought. They'd have no idea what power he had in him. George didn't know what he was doing. There was either. He was scared and intimidated, was George St. Pierre.
0: At first, I refused to fight. I was too scared. They was really strong and powerful and I didn't think I could beat him. But Crisscross's voice was constant whisper in my ear telling me, reminding me and believing I was better than everyone. He leaned in close to me, put his powerful hand on my shoulder or gripped my forearm and said, You're better. You're strong. Very powerful. You can defeat this opponent. Believe me and believe in yourself. Eventually, I took this step. I crossed the line and it was the best thing I ever did. At 17 years old, true to his promise, I dominated those fighters. That's how I find my own source of belief and transitioned into the world as an MMA fighter. Just because Chris Cross trademark, he kept putting me in situations where I didn't think I could win, but he always knew that I would.
1: In terms of martial arts, I was brought up by the Japanese. Their way apart is who I am. I started when I was four years old. I made people win battles they should have lost. I've made others lose battles they should have won. It comes down to the mental games and knowing the difference between fiction and reality. The only true challenge I faced with George was his confidence. I had to find a way to help him believe in his own power. George is the first and foremost a theorist. This is why I believe that one day he'll be a great teacher. It's always why I was able to put him in situations that everyone else would have failed in. He has a superior intellect, especially when it comes to martial arts. So I designed lessons that I made for him. I love learning and discussing ideas and
0: the way people have thought throughout history of mankind. I'm drawn to the traditional philosophy and philosophers, a completely informal way, the school of thought of historical relevance has made no difference to me. What matters to me is the practical application of novel thinking. This does not mean I'm an expert who can teach a class about philosophy. It means I have found a way to incorporate traditional philosophy in the way of life to help make it better. It means that a certain kind of knowledge enhances my life. That's why I post an inspirational quote on my Facebook page every week. I chose one that I think helps me be a better person.
1: I share it with my fans. The difference between George and everyone else I saw in training was his discipline. There's been a lot of people in Canada who practice this sport. Kids are strong but don't have what it takes to go far and beyond. George, you can see right away the martial art is a part of who he is, the discipline, the understanding. Even the first day if you bothered to open your damn eyes you could see he could go far. He was totally pure, no smoking, no drinking, absolute focus. He was obsessed by the sport, I could see it in his eyes. Now you can't let an idiot believe he's strong, it won't work and he will fail. But George was extremely strong, had amazing capacities and potential. But he didn't know how to believe in himself. he see others do well. He never wanted to lack respect for anyone else.
0: The first time I saw St. Louis, I didn't want to go out there on the mat. But Krishkopf told me it was too late. He was waiting for me and there I was. I had to go out there. He didn't leave me any choice. He screamed at me, go get changed now. He turned to St. Louis and said, here's a new kid, don't be too hard on him. But then he turned to me and gave me instructions, take the innovative jump, then beat them as fast as possible. The key I discovered is to understand fear and how it works. What I want to do is demystify fear. I don't have a choice because fear walks next to you everywhere in life. It has become a reason of being there. People feel fear because they sense a threat. Sometimes it comes from physical pain. Something unseen falls on your head. It hurts you immediately scared. That is normal and what fear is doing is telling you to be careful to get out of the way because it doesn't want something else to fall on your head. So fear's purpose is the ultimate goal, that's what people forget. Fear is designed to bring you into a safe place, in this case it's telling you to get the hell out of the way, simple human logic. The problem with fear is that it's talking to you about the future, it's saying move Something else that is bad and painful could be coming your way and might fall on your head. And people are like animals in this instance. They tend to follow their instincts. They follow their fear and dedicate all their energy to moving out of the way towards safety. They brace and tense because of fear and this creates a surge of adrenaline. After the bad side of fear is the adrenaline. Or more precisely, the side effects of adrenaline. When you feel fear, your hormones go nuts. Essentially, your muscles get fed with rocket fuel. Your metabolic rate goes through the roof. Your heart starts pumping hard and your blood sugar levels follow. Your awareness changes, meaning all your focus is controlled by fear. It's trying to protect you and control you. Wondering if something else is about to fall on your head. Simply put, fear makes you instantly ready for a fight. No matter where you are. Once fear enters your life, whether it's been there for a second or a lifetime, makes no fucking difference. It will take you in one or two directions. Empowerment or panic. That's where the expression like a deer in a headlight comes from. The deer's panicking and the panic, the extreme expression of fear, makes him just stand there unable to act. This marks the end of the deer's life usually and it's a not a happy end. Don't be a deer. Dumb deer die a depressing death. We have to start by remembering that fear is to help steer us away from risk. It's supposed to help us get better but the way fear helps us is by turning us into very powerful machines. It sends adrenaline throughout our bodies and makes us all powerful super beings capable of lifting cars, carrying people out of burning buildings. Think about firemen with training. These brave people learn how to harness their adrenaline so they can work into the inferno, do their jobs and save lives. This is what happened early in my career in my very first fight in the UFC against Carol Parish-Yan. The truth is that I was not considered much of a contender when I came up as a professional. I was supposed to do be the mincemeat for upcoming stars like Parish-Yan. I understood and accepted my role, but I don't mean I wasn't going to go for it. In that fight against Paris Yan, I got caught in a Kamara on two separate occasions. The first time he had me, but the hold wasn't secure. I quickly got out of it. The second time was actually real bad. The cometiter was going nuts too. I could hear him scream, It's a
1: Kamara! It's a Kamara! Kamara's on! on!
0: and everybody in my corner, including me, thought I was done for. Very few people understand how I got out of his kamara the second time, but I knew my own truth, my life situation. I had nothing. I had to win. I just had to. And couldn't accept anything else. If I didn't win, I could live to the end. I could not live to the end of the month. I had to pay the rent by food. I was ready to guy to get out of that hold. This was my fucking life. Break my arm if you have to. I thought I didn't have a choice. So I used a surge of adrenaline to roll him, got him onto his back, and won. The fear based adrenaline. The training and the empowerment making a decision helped me. To victory. Of course I didn't know all at the time. It wasn't just the instinct kicking in. Before some fights I've had what are called adrenaline dumps. This is a fancy way of saying that fear is trying to take my possession of my body. Adrenaline dumps sucks. In my case when I get one I can't feel my legs. They go spaghetti. And what's invasive and disturbing once it happens right before entering the octagon. I had to ask Rodolphe to slap and shake my thighs because I could not feel them anymore. The look of mixed horror and surprise on Rodolphe's face said it all. This doesn't happen often anymore, but that's because I've got used to harnessing that adrenaline and turning it into pure power I saved for the octagon. That's where the real secret lies. Learning how to use the power of fear. But the solution really does lie with the beholder. If a person is unsure about who he is and what his life goals are, the fear takes over his body and does what it wants with it. Fear freezes your actions because it takes you into a world of what if, and that's the worst place anyone can be. This is when. You start doing stupid things like predicting the future or thinking your career and as a mixed martial artist world champion is going to end suddenly. Forecasting doom or gloom is not only useless but detrimental. It's giving away your power to fear and letting it take over your life. The consequences stink. Once you start doubting yourself, you're vulnerable. That's when critics would start to influence your thoughts maybe he can knock out you think maybe i'm not that strong maybe he will catch me and put me down someone says about you he doesn't have a chin and you think that is true it gets inside your head like a smell and can't scrub away maybe i don't have a chin for real but the one day you get tired of it the self-doubt of Constant questions or disbelief and you get angry at them and at yourself and you realise it's time to rebel, to fight. Because it's from fighting, from doing, that you get your confidence back. Getting back into the ring and performing and doing well. It sounds like I'm talking about myself. That's because those were the thoughts that went through my mind after losing to Matt Sierra. Over time, you don't learn to deal with your fear. Your body won't like it. It's when you discover the meaning of the word stress, which leads to all kinds of nasty stuff like colds, infections, various mysterious kinds of weird aches and pains all over your body, constant fatigue, inability to eat, and for some very unfortunate people, sexual disorders. I have a secret for not letting fear spiral out of control. It doesn't always pop up in my mind right away, but I'm getting better at it. That's the key, really, for any change in life. Do you get better at it or worse? I think the important to have a list of reminders to fight fear the right way. And that means getting away from the place that fear is taking you. What if the world of fear makes you protect
1: bad things in the future? Your future we know this is useless.